Welcome to Fuel Training. In this podcast, we hear from Tom Lewis, youth leader at Christchurch Hitchin. Tom shares about how small is beautiful when it comes to our youth ministry. Uh, my name's Tom Lewis, I'm a leader of youth and children's ministry at the church across the road, Christchurch Hitchin. Um, and over the last month, I've been learning that small is particularly beautiful because we have a son who's now a month old. Um, um, small, <laughs> Um, I also have a son who's two and a daughter who's three. Uh, if I fall asleep halfway through the talk, you'll understand the reasons why. <laughs> um, okay, what I'd like to do first of all is just, you're going to have to be quite quick on this, so you've got 30 seconds to turn to the person next to you. And what I'd like you to do is describe your youth and children's group. Just that. Just describe one of the groups you work with or the, group, the main group you work with. Just turn to the person, don't describe it. <laughs> Shouldn't be the thing we aspire to. 
Now, it's true that a big event is lots of fun. Uh, a big event is exhilarating, it's a great thing to be part of. Um, a good crowd with lots of possibilities, lots of excitement, really good atmosphere. But the desire for something big to be happening shouldn't be the aim in itself. Um, and there's this, this, this sort of pressure on us um, as youth and children's leaders um, that we need to attract more and more young people. I wonder if you've ever turned up to one of your events um, and you've got there and you've got this great idea, you've got lots of things planned, it's a really exciting evening, and then maybe two or three young people turn up and you feel, mm, I don't know, is it really worth it? Um, <laughs> it's just that that, that is, a, is a, the problem, if you like, one of the problems with valuing them so highly. But when we get a small number, we don't value them as much. We're a bit disappointed at the start of the session, the start of the session, and we don't give it our all. And maybe if we continually get low numbers, we start to put a bit less effort in, because um, it's just not, not worth it if you're only getting four or five, is it? Um, we're chasing the big groups, and we worry not about the people who are there, but the people who aren't there. We start trying to think of new, big, exciting ways to bring more young people in, when perhaps what we should be doing is investing in the three who are there. It's funny, isn't it? When we look at schools for our children, one of the things we try and find are small class sizes. But in church, all we want to see the biggest groups possible. If your child had 50, 50 other children in their class at school, uh, you'd worry about her ability to learn anything. But if your child has 50 young people in her group at church, do we worry about it? It's interesting, isn't it? I think small groups are much, much more effective. Um, okay. What we want to be doing um, is trying to share the gospel with as many people as possible. I absolutely agree with that. Uh, but the Great Commission says that Jesus is calling us to go and make disciples. Uh, disciples being the key word there. We're not called just to go and sort of shout Jesus as many people as we can. Although maybe that'll be a fun game for a Friday. Um, what we're called to do is make authentic, real disciples. And that takes time and effort and simply cannot be done effectively in a big group. And that is why small is beautiful. I recently heard a talk uh, from an American um, leader called Brian McLaren. And um, he'd been looking at about 50 years of research from the Lutheran Church in America. And there were two quotes that I took away from there that really stuck out in my mind. And two really kind of quite challenging things, actually. And this all came out of the research this church has been doing. Basically, they, they take registers of every single meeting. They know exactly how many people have things. They even know where people go when they stop going to their meetings. They're very, very thorough on their research, which is why it's so interesting. So the first quote that he gave um, was this, that the larger the youth group, the higher the percentage of church dropouts. So the larger the youth group, the higher the percentage of church dropouts. So basically, the bigger the youth event that the young people are going to, the, heart, the, the bigger it is, the more likely they are to not still be going to church as adults. So the church, just picture the scene, has a really big youth group. Maybe there's 100 young people there uh, at their big event. Um, from the outside, it looks fantastic. 100 young people coming every week. Um, but dig deeper, and you have to ask, you know, why are these young people coming along? Are they coming to grow in their faith? Or are they just coming to see their friends? Or just to be part of a big event? or just because their parents say they have to. Um, with a group that size, perhaps it's hard to know the reasons why people come. It's hard to get to know the young people themselves. If you've got a group of five meeting together faithfully every week, you will know them better. You will know the reasons why they are there. You will be able to help them to grow in their faith. The second fact was this, um, was that a teenager who regularly attends a church with no youth ministry 
it's more likely to continue in faith as an adult. Uh, a teenager who has entered church with no youth ministry is more likely to continue in faith as an adult. That's weird, isn't it? <laughs> All the effort we put into doing the things that we do, and if you're a teenager at church with no youth group, you're much more likely to still be in church as an adult. Now, that doesn't mean we should all stop doing the things that we're doing. What it means is that if you're a teenager who's going to a church that offers you nothing age relevant, uh, but when you get to being an adult, you're still going to be happy going to that church or going to a church. You're still going to be, basically, what it means is the person who's going is already a disciple. They're already looking for something um, more and something else. And if you're a teenager and you're going to a church full of adults, there isn't a program targeted at you. Uh, then you must be a disciple, you must have found something else worth sticking around for. So it's not big and shiny, but it is important. Uh, so a successful youth ministry, I would say, has to be founded on growing disciples. We shouldn't be aiming to bring as many people into our group as possible. We should be working to enable every young person who is part of our group to grow as a disciple of Jesus. Now I think there's three key relationships that help this to happen. Um, the first, sorry, I'll take a little bit. One with the peers, one with Jesus, and one with leaders. So that's three key relationships. The first one is that we want to grow good relationships between the people themselves. So we run age specific events uh, so that children can spend time with their own age group uh, doing relevant activities and engaging with faith in a way that is relevant to them. And from doing that, what we hope is that that age group will form, they will become friends. Yeah, that's kind of obvious, isn't it? <laughs> uh, this relationship is vital. Now, because if they're not going to come to a group if they don't have any friends, um, if you don't feel able to make new friends uh, or have friends already, then you're not going to stick around in any group party. It's no fun to be lonely. We need to find ways to encourage young people to get to know each other better. Um, and within a big group, that's quite difficult to do because there's so many different people, so many different things going on. Um, that it's quite difficult to build authentic relationships between people. Um, what we find is that often relationship grows kind of on the outside of the things that we've planned. So if we've got a programme that's an hour and a half long, and that whole 90 minutes is full of activity, full of different things going on, with no break in between, then actually it's quite difficult for young people to form friendships together. All they're going to get is the top energy uh, from the games or the, the kind of knowledge from the discussion. Um, it's the space between those things that is often where friendship is, is really built. And we run a Sunday night group for 11 to 13 year olds, and it took them quite a long time to kind of form together um, as a group. Um, we did lots of different things and lots of activities, and the thing that really made the difference was hide and seek. Um, and one week, basically, one of the leaders had turned up and forgotten they were meant to be planning it. Um, so we thought, well, we'll just have a seat. We'll, we'll do that for, for 10 minutes and then we'll think of something while they're playing. Um, so we did that with the first activity there around the building, getting the drivers to the behind the organ and destroyed several rooms. Um, but they had a really good time doing it. And in fact, they all played that for an hour and a half that week. And the same the next week as well. Um, but after three hours of hide and seek, they weren't just a group of people who happened to be at the same event. They were firm friends because they got this shared slightly ridiculous for a 13-year-old experience of playing hide-and-seek in the dark. And now we kind of have to limit the hide-and-seek in the dark time, because otherwise it would just be hide-and-seek club. Um, but, but that has formed them into a group. And, you know, they're a group of friends, they're not just a group that's coming on together. Now it's hard to grow those relationships in a large group. Uh, you have to spread your time too thinly. But if you have a small group of young people, 
They spend more time together. They become more familiar with each other, more comfortable together. Uh, and they can share more openly and more honestly and much more deeply than they ever would do in a big group. Uh, and that leads to them forming real, long-lasting relationships. And so when I was growing up, I was in two or three different youth groups at various times, a couple of really big ones. But the only people from that age that I was still in touch with were the three or four other people who were in my small group. And those are the ones that I shared with, those are the ones that I built a real lasting friendship with. Um, yeah, in a big group, they might be quite happy, they might be enjoying themselves, they might be quite comfortable, but they won't have time to develop a real depth of friendship. Um, so what I want to do, that's the first point, key, key relationship, building relationships between peers, building authentic, deep friendships between them. The second key relationship we're looking to build, obviously, is with Jesus. For our ministry to be successful, we must be enabling young people to grow closer to him. And the way this happens will look different for each young person. Um, I like to think of it as a sort of journey. Everyone's on a journey towards Jesus. Um, and each, each uh, positive action that we take um, takes us a little bit closer. And it might be that it takes some really big strides. So a conversion experience perhaps is this huge, big jump forward. Um, but it might be lots of little steps that get you going on the right way. Um, and so each, each week, my aim is for each young person in my group to take another step. What that step looks like will be different for each young person as well. Um, so if you've got a football man, teenager, with no experience of Christianity, the next step for him might be just coming into the building. That could be a crucial moment in his faith journey. But if you've got someone who's grown up in the church, uh, has a faith of their own, their next step could be taking a leadership role, uh, helping to grow their Christian identity at school. And uh, the fact is that every young person is unique. Everyone is at a different place on that journey. And everyone take a different route on that journey too. So our role within that needs to be finding ways for each person to take that next step. We need to understand the context that each person is living in and help them to grow towards Jesus from where they are. So it's not expecting them to be where we think they ought to be. It's, in where, it's knowing where they are and helping them to move on from there. Uh, now, building a relationship with God doesn't have to happen on a Sunday but it does have to happen in their own life. So they need to know how their relationship with Jesus impacts on their school life, or their family life, or their online behaviour. Uh, we need to help them work out what their faith means in real terms in the context that they live in. And that can't be worked out. We can't help them do that unless we know them well. Unless we know something of their lives and their personality and their faith, we can't help them to take that next step. And we can't know all of those things about 50 young people. Small groups enable us to happen. Large groups make it difficult for that to happen. Um, I'm kind of whizzing through because we're going to overrun, but that's not that much. Um, the third key relationship is with leads. Um, if a young person doesn't relate well to the adults in the group, uh, they're not going to want to be part of that group. Or if they have to come anyway, then they're going to become quite disruptive. Um, so if you think back to the days you got youth, to the events that you went to, um, who do you remember best? Which leader do you remember best? I would guess it's the person who took time to get to know you. The person who was there when you needed him to be there. The one who you got on with particularly well. A good leader with an adult can obviously help young people through struggles in other relationships. Uh, when their peers believe them, a good leader can be there to support them. When their faith is on the rocks, a good leader can reassure them. 
we need to find time to invest in our group. Don't just run the programme and step back. Play the games together, get involved in what's going on. Chat to them in the downtime, don't just spend time talking to the other leaders, but try to build relationships with the young people too. This is something that's much easier to do with a smaller group. Even if you've got a bigger group, try and divide it up into smaller groups so that you uh, know which young people you are focusing on, which ones you need to get to know, which ones you're looking to build a friendship with. Um, to get, um, excuse me, okay. the one thing that makes the biggest difference to a youth and children ministry is time. Um, to get to know young people or children, you need to spend time with them. And the only way to build authentic relationships is through time spent together. And we live in a very busy culture, uh, not one that leaves us much time for ourselves with jobs and families and church. There isn't much spare time available. And I wonder whether that's consequences. And uh, one of the reasons why there's less young people in our churches than there used to be is because we have less time to spend with them. We don't have the time to invest in them. And to young people, being too busy often equates with not caring. Now, I know that we're all busy people. We have pressures at work and at home and at church. Um, but if we're serious about growing young disciples, then we need to find ways to spend more time with them. And you can't do that effectively in a large group. Finding ways to spend time with three or four young people that you can really invest in make a massive difference to their lives. So our groups need to be trying to build all of these different relationships. And if we've missed just one out, the group will suffer. Um, a group with no peer relationships is hardly a group at all. Uh, a group with no desire to grow closer to Jesus is missing the point. Uh, and a group with bored leaders will be bored. To grow young disciples, we need to grow authentic friendships between them, authentic faith within their own context, and authentic relationships with key adults. Authenticity is something that's very hard to achieve unless you have a personal relationship with that person. It becomes difficult to deepen friendships in a large group because there's just too much going on. It's harder to grow your faith because there's so many different distractions. It's hard to build a relationship between yourself and a young person because you have to be crowd controlled all the time. So what do we do about it? Well, first of all, apologise if I made you feel guilty. Uh, just because you've got a big youth group doesn't mean you're a failure. <laughs> That's quite important. What I'm trying to show is that we need to have a different focus, you know, a different measure of what success actually looks like. It's absolutely not about the number of young people that come to your group. It's about the way that you work with those young people. If you've got a big group, try and find ways to break it up so it becomes possible to build authentic relationships. If you have a small group, be proud of the group that you're working with. Invest your time and effort into them. Look at the activities you do. Um, what can you drop? Strip it down to the essentials so that you can create time together. Time that you can spend with young people and time that they can spend together. Time where all of you can journey uh, through your lives together. You don't necessarily need to do more or bigger events. What you do need to do is spend time together. Think really carefully about the things that you do. Talk to your young people about the way that you do the things that you do. And how can you make the time together better? How can you make more time together? And how can you, this is a really hard question, what can you do to make leaders and young people want to spend time together? If you get that, that is an amazing breakthrough. Um, when you're thinking, don't be limited 
by what's gone on before. Don't be constrained by this idea of what uh, children's work should look like or what a youth group ought to be. Um, sit down with the young people and do what works for you and them. In the end, I think what we're looking to get to is a place where it's no longer leaders and kids, but where you're simply a community who loves to be together and loves Jesus. Um, as we come to the end of our time together, I feel I should be honest, and say that I do agree with everything I've just said. I do know you have. <laughs> but I haven't managed to achieve it in my own work yet. Um, we're working towards this. We're, we're creating more space in our events. We're putting effort into creating more time um, away from the events together. Uh, we're consulting with our young people on how we can do this and, and trying to find ways that we can build relationships better between them and between uh, adults and them too. Um, I don't know what it's going to look like at the end. I don't know what our youth ministry will be. Um, and I doubt the facts that we'll ever get to the end because young people are constantly changing. They're growing up and leaving or uh, they're just changing every week anyway. Um, I think we need to be prepared to change with them. We need to not expect to have a strategy that will always work, but always be ready to change with the people who are involved. Um, so we're not there yet, but we're on, our, we're on a journey, and we're journeying together. Um, we're journeying to try and become a community that loves being together and loves Jesus. Um, there's a fantastic book called Youth Ministry 3.0 by Mark Osterachan. Um, I bought every one in our youth and children, uh, youth ministry, all the music related together. Um, it's not very long. After this, it's sort of appendices as well, so you can do it quite quickly. It's quite a big print, just trying to say. Um, it's really, really good. Um, the big writing that is in there is excellent. Um, it's all about the way that youth culture has changed rapidly. So, 50 years ago, perhaps, is when youth culture first emerged, and it's changed a lot since then. Um, and churches have struggled to keep up. And it explains why churches struggle to keep up, it explains what's changed, and it explains the sort of the most recent changes and why we're not keeping up. Uh, one of the things it talks about is the importance of smallness. Um, the thing it really focuses on is the importance in community. So let me just read one quote, then you can go home and buy this book from Rosalind. Communion doesn't occur because of well thought out programs, or sleight of hand, or being in the same room. Community is the organic, unmanipulated, fluid, and difficult to quantify, shared fruit of consistent relationships with Christ in the mix. That's what we're looking to achieve, consistent relationships with Christ in the mix. We're looking to build communities through authentic relationships, build disciples who are young but become adult disciples. And the best way to do that is by working smallly. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to this Fuel Training podcast. Our next Fuel Training evening will be on Tuesday the 24th of September. More details to follow shortly.